Hi, and welcome to episode number one of Emotional Food Freedom, the podcast where we talk about all things emotional or disordered eating. My name is Carrie Ross. I am a clinical nutritionist who specializes in bariatric nutrition and education, as well as emotion-based and disordered eating practices surrounding weight loss surgery, uh, but not exclusive to. And uh, on top of those things, I also wear the hat of counseling psychotherapist. I'm a food behavior counselor, an NLP master coach, an NLP practitioner's trainer, and uh, the CEO of the Mind Body Belly Academy. So I have also had bariatric surgery myself. So I use a lot of my own personal experience in the training process, in my coaching process, and helping women break free of emotion-based and disordered eating practices and live their best life. Now, I've been passionately invested in natural and mental health since around about 2007. And since 2017, I have assisted hundreds and hundreds of bariatric clients globally navigate their way through pre-op and post-op. Um, this is done with a firm understanding of the multifaceted and complex weight loss surgery uh, journey uh, aspects. One of them is, you know, being a dynamic practitioner that can understand that your journey is not only unique, uh, but it needs to be treated like you are an individual. You don't need to be treated like a number. But also that food behaviours, whether they're not their emotional or disordered eating, are complex and they come from a variety of sources, whether or not this is trauma or uh, behaviour, it's taught, it's familial, but they come from a variety of sources. And, you know, it's not a one-size-all-fits-all approach when it comes to people, you know, and we need to basically dig down deep and find out what our skills are and what our strengths are to ensure that we can overcome these long-term you know, it took me a number of years to, to overcome emotional and disordered eating. And, you know, the three biggest words that I can come up with that um, kind of describe my journey, I guess, are vulnerability, honesty and success. You know, vulnerability, it's, it's acknowledging your shit and asking for help, really. It's being scared but doing it anyway. You know, honesty, owning your, your stuff and showing up as you, the truly authentic, beautiful you, uh, and, and, and success, realising your goals and manifesting your life, uh, you know, a life that you love built on authenticity, you know. At the heart of what I do is that deep desire to be my authentic self and it's taken me a lifetime to find it and I'm sure that many of you have feel the same way that you know I just want to to be my best self live my best life do me um you know or at the very least you know you you just want to discover who that person is because you no know, for for whatever reason you've worn the hat of wife and mother uh, uh you know a you've the role that you've worked, so many different roles in your life, but at no point have you decided this is who I am or aligned with who you are as a person. So what does it actually mean for, for you to be you? You know, like I said, it means to own your stuff, to own your shit and to own every excuse. And I got to a point where I had to own every judgment and every critical word that I uttered to myself and to others. You know, that's that radical accountability saying, you know, the choices that I make, whether they're good, they're bad, they're ugly, I've made them. And if I can say them and and make them and feel okay with them and they sit well with me and they align with my values, well, then you know what, I'm on the right path. 
So I had to own every judgment, every critical word that I uttered to myself and others, like I said, and I owned every misstep or error. Let's face it, I owned every colossal fuck up. And I decided that, you know, my happiness, my goals, a life worth being proud of weren't just things that were going to happen if I shouted loud enough or cried hard enough. I owned that I had to do the work and prove it that it mattered to me. And, you know, there comes a time in your life where you have to make the choice to choose you. You have to choose you. That was, that was the heaviest and biggest and most groundbreaking and the most phenomenal and most important decision of my life. And if I came up with any excuse, whether it was time, money, social, if those things were more important than waking up truly happy in my shell, then I wasn't proving that it mattered. I was showing that those other things mattered more and that had to stop. I had to choose me. You know, and I did. I tried a million things, half a million failures and learned so many lessons. And the lessons that I learned, I now pass on to my clients and I pass on to you. But I remain, I remain my authentic self. No bullshit. I call myself out on that bullshit now. I don't wait for other people to call me out. I take radical accountability and I make sure that I'm doing it in line with my values. You know what? And I am a one-woman show. I have no staff. I have no big company to run. I coach people from a place of authenticity, honesty, you know, practical knowledge, skilled knowledge, learning. I'm constantly learning in this journey. But what I have learned through my, my practices of being an NLP uh, master practitioner and coach, counselling psychotherapist, working with the Gestalt method, you know, things like that, I, I put myself in the place to help people facilitate their own healing, their own journey, and take that accountability and recognise within themselves that they are good enough to get rid of those limiting beliefs and neg- that negative self-talk and to understand that they are, you know, the only choice that they can make. So, you know, you may, re- may reach out to me from time to time and I, I, I encourage you to do so. Um, I answer all my messages myself. There are no automated responses. There is no crew of people. You know, I am a human being and I understand you're a human being too and you struggle just as much as I do or just as I used to do. But I speak openly and honestly and I will call a spade a spade and I think that you deserve that. I think that you deserve that to, to truly get to the bottom of your emotional and disordered eating. And, you know, this is where it all starts. It starts with creating a platform for you to make that choice, to make that choice that you are good enough, to make that choice that says I could follow the leader or I could be the leader. I could choose what you want or I could choose me. I could choose to align with the crowd or I could choose to align with my heart-centred, personalised goals and values. You know, and sometimes I come across clients that that don't want to do that. They don't want to do their work. They don't want to choose them. They don't want to make the change. I, you know, they're full of good intention and they they want to want to change and they're getting ready to be ready to be ready, but they're not ready to make that change yet. And you have to be ready to make that change. You have to be ready to choose you because. When you think about it, you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm an emotional eater. 
and I have disordered eating practices and it has impacted my life, my whole life. And it's not so much about what I'm eating, it's about what's eating me and this is uncomfortable and I don't like it and I'm sitting in this, but what have I got to lose? If I choose me, what have I got to lose? The only thing I've got to lose is this feeling of discomfort, but I've got so much to gain, right? So much to gain. And sometimes it just takes understanding what emotional and disordered eating actually is and and getting a good grasp of that so that you can actually identify that, hey, you know what, I am that person and I do exhibit that behaviour and I do need help. That's the first step, right? Asking yourself, do I need help? And getting it. There's no shame in getting it. You know, if you don't have the resources you need, if you don't have what you want, you find somebody that does and ask them how they got it. And that's what I'm here for because I got it. I found out how to do it and now I pass it on to you. Right, so I invite you to subscribe and stay tuned to Emotional Food Freedom because, you know, this this podcast is going to change the way that you think about your food behaviours, your food relationships and the way that you think about yourself and become more positive in your life. But first I want to talk about with you is what is emotional and disordered eating, all right? And it's it, we have lots of misconceptions around what emotional eating is and it's got a lot of stigma attached to it. You know, we associate emotional eating with people with uh, poor will or a, a weak sense of self or no, no personal strength. You know, so emotional eating is a complicated and challenging topic because it tends to turn food relationships into a love-hate tug of war. You know, food, it does, it provides us nourishment, enjoyment, energy, comfort, you know, and that list goes on. And, and like, you think about all the different, uh, the spectrum of emotions that you feel on a daily basis. It's not just anger, it's frustration, it's being irate, it's it's ire. You know, think of all the ways that you can ex- just describe one emotion alone and then times that by a 1,000. And then you've got, you know, so many different ways or so many different triggers that are going to uh I guess, influence the way that you interact and and deal with food and eat food. But like I said, food provides that nourishment, enjoyment, energy and comfort. But then on the other hand, it causes self-hatred, frustration and anger over our choices and our perceived lack of self-control or the impact that our choices have on our bodies. But it has to be more than just a matter of choice, right? And then sometimes there is too much information. It can be hard to figure out which bit is right for us without fully tapping into our own values and motivators and goals. You know, that process of breaking free is a worthwhile journey of figuring out that true voice of yours, aligning uh, with it whilst acknowledging where you're at and getting out of your own way. Again, choosing you. And and I, I go back to that original point of that radical accountability that extreme accountability for yourself saying no matter what I choose good bad or ugly if it aligns with my goals and aligns with my values and it doesn't go out of the way to hurt anybody else you know because again if it aligns with your values that I'm going to choose it and be okay with it that I'm going to wear that choice like a comfortable fitting coat but if you try that choice on and it doesn't feel quite right 
then you know that it's not aligned with your goals. You know that it's not aligned with your true purposes. You know that it's not aligned with where you want to be. It feels uncomfortable for a reason because that discomfort is indicating that a change or a choice needs to be made. You know, so you've got to get out of your own way. And it can be hard to figure out because sometimes, again, there's too much information, which diet to choose, which path to choose, which choice to choose. It can be hard to figure out which bit is right for us. Without fully tapping into our values, motivators and goals, we can't really acknowledge where we are and we can't really get out of our own way. So it's, it's this radical process of getting to know ourselves. And trust me, I used to be the biggest brick wall to my own needs. Well, not anymore because, I mean, I broke free, right, <laughs> and I began again and I rebalanced and I learned how to rock my story and you can too. I believe that one of the most fundamental aspects to achieving your health and wellness goals is balance. But it's not just of nutrition. It's not about what you eat. It's about what's eating you, right, about what's eating you that whole time. It's a complete balance that you need to seek of mind, body, and belly. What do, and what do I mean by mind, body, and belly? So mind, I'm talking about that psychological, that spiritual the psychosocial, the way that we interact with our, our social environment, you know, the rules that we have when we interact with others, you know, can't do this, can't do that, our, uh, being complimentary, being using our manners, that sort of thing. Our values, how we think and how we believe, not only about our world, our model of the world, other people or ourselves, the whole thing, the whole picture, the whole gestalt. Our body, the physical environment, our lifestyle, our hormonal environment, our physical self-care, our lifestyle practices that get in the way. Do we sleep enough? Do we, you know, do enjoyable activities enough? Do we spend enough time with family or our positive relationships enough? That's our body and our belly. That's our dietary intake. That's our enjoyment and our nourishment. And that's using food for its sources and, and, and reasons that it it's there. It's not just for fuel. And to think that food is just a fuel is, is a flawed premise indeed because it causes imbalance with the way that we think about food because if we start enjoying food outside of it just being a fuel, well, there's a guilt centre and that's a trigger and we don't want that. So we've got to have this balance of mind, body and belly and that's my philosophy here at the Mind, Body, Belly Academy. I believe that you can get emotional food freedom by obtaining that balance. And that balance starts with taking accountability and choosing you. And it is my goal to help those of you that are ready to achieve your mind-body-belly balance without the restrictive and depriving nature of diet culture because restriction and deprivation lead to our to a mental and physical starvation, our mental, emotional and physical starvation. You know, and our efforts to change our lifestyle and diet are always paved with the greatest intentions. And I don't, I don't really think that any action is done without the want of a positive outcome. We do things because we want to feel good. We do them because we want, you know, joy in our lives. There is a positive intent even behind our most negative of behaviours to make ourselves feel more balanced or protect ourselves. You know, and, and that even rings true for our eating behaviours and habits. You know, some examples of that are, say, for eating for a reward or comfort. You want that positive feeling, right? You aren't struggling with commitment because you're flawed or a failure. 
It's because one need is winning over another. So great intentions pave the way. You know, I want to lose weight and be healthier and do more things and feel better about myself. But if you're an emotional or disordered eater, there are thoughts and processes that will ultimately get in the way of that commitment. Thoughts and things that will throw you off track and back into habits that you berate yourself over. You'll have moments when you feel like you are fighting the urge to eat, like an internal war where you feel like you're fighting someone else is constantly urging you to eat, eat, eat. Sometimes that voice takes over and it wins and it may, may sometimes sound like, oh, screw it, I've done, I've already done this, I've already stuffed up, I might as well eat the whole thing. I deserve this. I worked really hard. It's, this is my reward. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have one bite. I'm just going to allow myself to have one bite. That's okay. I'll just skip dinner. I'll start again tomorrow or on Monday. Ugh, it's all too hard. Why do I have to work harder than everyone else? Why bother? I'm just going to fail. I always fail, always have done, no matter what I try, and I've tried everything. We have so many convincing thoughts that lead us to ignore our goals or our nutrition aspirations. And those, those thoughts all come from limiting beliefs about ourselves as people, our beliefs, our values, and not one second do they come from or are they inspired by the food on our plate. They are inspired by our sense of self, our self-worth, and our validation centres. So it's my goal to help you build those. And I guess at the end of the day, if you could do one thing, that helps you make feel better about yourself, builds your self-esteem and boosts confidence, the one thing I would say is to choose you. For one second, ask yourself, if I lived in a world where it was just me and loneliness didn't exist and judgment didn't exist, it was just me, how would I choose to do this? So choose you. And we can overcome the emotional and disordered eating and find emotional food freedom once and for all. I'll talk to you in episode two and we'll delve into where our types of hunger are coming from, what type of hunger we're experiencing, and give a good definition of what is emotional and disordered eating See you all in the next episode. Bye now.